0: share is really pretty prophetic because uh, I was thinking about a scripture and uh, I can't even find it. I tried to find it, but it says when the, when the Lord brought back the, those captives in Zion, it says that they were like those who dreamed. And it, it's like we go along trying to serve the Lord, trying to do all we could do. Sometimes full of unbelief and doubt, and then all of a sudden, God does what we've been waiting for and what we've been praying for, and it's like we're in awe. There's such a separation in our natural mind and our natural person from what the spiritual dynamics of what God does for us. And uh, just this fast to me was so incredible. It was, you uh, hear, some of the stuff I'm saying I said Wednesday night, but, um, you know, doing a corporate fast. Uh, is so powerful, and yet I think we hadn't done it. But at the beginning of last year, Isaiah, when he prophesied, when God told him to prophesy about fasting, just that one verse in Isaiah 58, I kind of pulled out last week. Is this not the fast that I have chosen—to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Number of people, our people in our congregation have suffered with a deep oppression and discouragement and been in bondage. And, you know, that was one of the reasons why we called a fast, to break those bonds, to break the demonic strongholds that uh, people are under, especially in our time. You know, we read the scriptures and there's so much about deliverance in, the, in Jesus' ministry. <clears throat> you know, and sometimes we get scared in, in our modern society, the way we think, oh, demons, you know, let's not talk about that. But the demonic realm has a decreased since Jesus' ministry. And he gave those declarations to the apostles to bring deliverance to people. And people need a freedom. But because we don't understand something in the, in the spiritual realm, you know, we kind of shy back. But I really believe that uh, how we fasted and prayed that God is breaking strongholds off of people. And there are stories going on that you don't even know about since our fast, that people are being broken out of demonic strongholds. And doesn't mean it's just a one-time thing. But God is moving to break off oppression and different realms of discouragements that settle upon us. In Mark nine, you know, um, a man was brought uh, his son to the disciples. His his son had a demonic spirit on him that caused the son to be uh, deaf and dumb, that he couldn't speak. And the father knew somehow that there was a demonic thing on this man, and he wanted him to see and be delivered. Obviously, he heard about Jesus, and obviously, when Jesus had sent out his disciples to bring healing and ministry and uh, uh, deliver people from demons, he knew that they had some kind of power on them. And so, first of all, he comes to the disciples and brings his son, and they couldn't do anything. And I think he's a little frustrated. Come on! What happened? And so, Jesus comes and brings deliverance, uh, and this son is healed And then his disciples, you know, in that place of what we're talking about today, I wanted to talk about learning from Jesus. They said, hey, Jesus, what's wrong? Why couldn't we deliver him? And Jesus said, this kind doesn't come out but by prayer and fasting. A powerful tool given to the church, prayer and fasting, to break demonic spiritual strongholds. And it cost us, it cost us the hunger, you know, and not eating food. And it seems like when we deny our flesh, uh, just like Romans talks about, like Paul encouraged us, when we deny ourselves, we put the soul in, in kind of a check. We bring a humbling in our soul when we deny ourselves food. But when we break the fast, we experience the just the transformation that happens. <clears throat> and I have to tell you, for myself, uh, it was really hard. But I feel like something about like that verse about God delivering the captives and. Us feeling like we were in a in a dream realm. I feel like that's what happened. Isaiah fifty eight ten. The last part of that verse says, "Your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday." that there's a spiritual release when we fast. There's a spiritual release in our perception and receiving from Jesus when we just allow ourselves to be humbled by just simply fasting and praying, that there's something that's broken off of us, that there's greater vision, there's greater spiritual perception, there's greater revelation that comes to us, a greater joy that comes to us through the, the different disciplines of prayer and fasting that you know the, the Lord has introduced to us. I was thinking about, um, I was talking to Dory. Uh, it was like, I was just really being honest, you know, about my own journey. And I just remember, I wasn't, I, was, I was, grew up in the Jesus movement. I, I was a young person in my 20s, in the 60s, and, uh, you know, early 70s. And, you know, we have people like Jerry Munzer, who was starting to be a priest, and he was caught up in the charismatic renewal when the Holy Spirit is starting to do two dynamic things in the Catholic Church, and there was just a, a resurgence of the fullness of the Spirit, and people were getting saved, and young people were getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was just breaking off and breaking up religion in the Catholic Church. And then during that time, in the, I remember just being in the 70s, and uh, driving my car on the way to work, and listening to Emmanuel Candidation on the radio, just getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And here I've been raised a Baptist, and you know, it's just a, good person accepting jesus and let's not have anything too spiritual you know let's not really pray for people to be healed let's let's just believe in jesus and be a good person and man just god blew my theology away when he baptized me in the holy spirit it's just such a change that comes over the different moves of god you know we've talked in the back in the past about azusa street what happened you know, a little African American man is part of starting this uh, revival, and then the Holy Spirit just falls, and people are calling the fire department because there's that building over there on Azusa Street on fire. Send the fire department over there, and they go, and there's just signs, wonders, and miracles, and people are just experiencing God. The different things, that the moves of God that we pray, and part of our fasting and prayers oh, God, we need a move. Because our natural man is so disconnected from the things of God, and yet we accept Christ, we know Christ, but we're living a natural life. But we we somehow are disconnected from receiving God. We come in here today. I'm in mean, here. How many times I went to church? Because I went to church since I was four years old. You know, going to church, going to church, and how many times I went to church? And could I think? Did I? What did I receive? And yet every time we put ourselves in a spiritual atmosphere, I believe something is going into our spirit. And it's all adding up for a manifestation of what God wants to do. And you know, I always kind of envy my wife because she's always out there. She can experience God. She she has an incredible prophetic gift. She has a powerful ability to pray and see people delivered from things. And like I'm like, wow, things are always happening with you. And I remember, I remember uh, <clears throat> you know, after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, just growing and then going back and connecting and being under Ernest and Teal, man full of the Holy Spirit, very prophetic and everything. And just experiencing, you've heard me before talk about, you know, when we were our two-year transition where we had property, but we didn't have a building, but we were in Emmanuel Lutheran Church, and so at one o'clock on Sunday afternoon, we would have church, and we'd, we'd worship God for three hours. We'd experience the glory and presence of God, and it was like, wow, God, what are you doing? Then I drive home in my truck, and I'd start my janitor job during the week. I'm thinking, like, I don't understand such a powerful experience of receiving and feeling your presence on Sunday, and I'm just doing menial work, and I feel frustrated, and I want more things to change in my life. And then in the, you know, in the 80s, you know, uh, the charismatic renewal, where uh, there was more praise and worship going on. Really, in the beginning, back in the early 60s, Ernest Antio, um, Gospel Temple, before they changed it into Christian community, was probably the only church in the San Jose area where there was lifting of hands and and worship, prophetic Davidic worship, where you know people were starting to go back to the Psalms and see how God did worship in church, and so that was an experience that we had. And so in the eighties, when we had the charismatic renewal, I mean that seemed like every worship song where you were just caught up in the worship of God and the praise of God and experiencing the presence of Jesus. And then uh, it got kind of wild and crazy uh, in the the Toronto blessing. You know, people have had mixed uh, understandings of what happened there. And I think of, uh, you know, when something spiritual goes on, uh, people manifest different things and sometimes we judge what God's doing. Well, look what Jesus did when he came on the scene. He starts bringing healing, delivering people, and they say, oh, you're a wine-bibber, and you're a, you're a, you must be anointed by Beelzebub. You know, we are scared of when God does things in a different way, and we kind of step back. But, oh God, how God wants us to be open to experience what he wants to do in us today, in our day and age. Every time we come to church, every time we wake up in the morning and begin to talk to the Lord, <clears throat> we need to be open <clears throat> to hear what Jesus wants to say to us. To be open to whatever manifestation the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives, to encourage us, to give us joy, to lift us out of the doldrums and out of the oppression and the uh, different things that we carry uh, mentally and emotionally in our society today. So, we were talking on uh, Wednesday night, we broke our fast, and it felt like, wow, I, like I'd never eaten before. It, it felt so good. <clears throat> <laughs> then in the morning I just was woke up and I just started talking to the Lord and, and I just felt like this peace now I felt the peace of God I've been in our prayer meetings and been with our intercessors or been on Wednesday when we start praying all of a sudden the peace drops in. but this was a different kind of peace for, for me who struggles with social anxiety and depression it was a deep peace of God it was like a manifestation of something I hadn't had you know when the Toronto blessing came and uh, you know wrapped Rodney Howard Brown and all those guys were doing all wild and crazy things, and people were going back to Toronto and experiencing things, and Brian, the Phillips family, had great experiences in that, and, and our church uh, tried to have that experience going on in the church, and I saw people laughing, rolling in the aisles, and doing all kinds of things, and I also, as an elder, I was trying to stop people from running out of the church who were so afraid because they weren't receiving, they left the church, and I was saying, don't get all messed up, don't throw God away because you're not experiencing that. And, and I never experienced that. I never experienced uh, falling down or having that joy or or anything that was going on there. I saw my wife laid out there and like, wow, are you dead? What's going on? You know, and, or she'd just be in such a heavy thing. And I remember um, Basil Brown tried to, he tried to, do, he real he could not even get around her because she was having her own experience with God and it just messed with him, you know? But, uh, only thing I knew, sometimes I would go in the bathroom when they were I would go in the bathroom when everyone was doing weird things and I would, no one was in there and I just began to cry out deep. A grief groaning in my spirit would come up out of my spirit and I would groan for a long period of time and like almost like not even take a breath. It was like some kind of deep intercession God was beginning to put inside of me. And so I've always wondered, God, am I out of it? How come I'm not connecting with what's going on and receiving? Boy, but this Thursday morning after the fast, just that peace of God, just a peace of God. And Dory and I, when we had left on Wednesday night, we felt like somehow maybe we missed a piece, or we felt like God wanted to do something. Like we felt like God wants you to be able, all of us to be able to receive, to get in this new place where you can set aside everything and somehow just plug in and receive from God. And I can't tell you how to do it. There just has to be something inside where. You're able to just let go, let go of all that you know about God and all you've tried to control or all that you're afraid of, and somehow you just connect and your heart plugs in with Him, and you start receiving. And that happened to me Thursday morning. I just started receiving, and then my mind, <clears throat> my mind would start getting, because uh, I'm kind of codependent too. I know things going on in the congregation, uh, things that I pray about, the concerns I have for people, concern for people that aren't even here. And when I start getting into my mind, I get distracted and I I lose that peace, I lose that receiving. So I just remembered in Isaiah, it says that he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And And I just remember that that's part of the battle that Paul talks about in Romans, that we have to watch, be renewed in the spirit of our mind and not get into the focus of, oh, I can't worry about this or I can't do that and let your mind connect with God, and then the peace of God can just keep flowing in. You just get in that place of receiving. And I tell you, Thursday and Friday, I have not felt such peace and joy. I have never felt such peace and joy in my life like from that moment. And it wasn't anything I did. It was just somehow in my, our moments, you know, we're, we're going through life every day, but we're in this process of, of setting ourselves up because of our, our, our relationship with God and how much he loves us, to keep receiving and to keep having fresh experiences with him. And that's my prayer today, that somehow that we will all have a fresh experience with him, that we will just take a deep breath and be able to just let down and receive from him. I don't know how much of my message is going to come or where it's going to come from or how it's going to go, <clears throat> but I had one of my last Scriptures. Um, it was probably my last scripture on my last page and it's that statement it says the power of the Lord was present to heal and refocuses us on that place where we're religious and it says in Luke 5.17 now it happened on a certain day As Jesus was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Those guys had come, again, steeped in Jewish religion, steeped in this is the way God taught Moses. This is the law that God, Moses, you have to live by this. You have to do everything if you're going to experience the Lord. And it was a weight they took on them. It was a weight that Paul took upon him, and we saw his story how he was persecuting the church because he was under all the laws and everything that the they had added to the in, <clears throat> added to Moses' law, and all the traditions and religious things that were added over the centuries and put on the people. And all that did was lock them up. All that did was inoculate them from the Messiah they were waiting for. And so what happened that day, Jesus was there. Just like Jesus is here today, in the midst of us, no matter what our problems are, no matter how distant we feel we are from God because of who we know we are and what we face, Holy Spirit is here, Jesus is here with us. And so Jesus was here. But the power of the Lord was present to heal. And people, scribes and Pharisees, began to receive. Something began to happen to them where their religiousness got bypassed by the Lord who was in their midst and who was making religion obsolete in their life. <clears throat> my message today was learning from Jesus. <clears throat> in Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We are bombarded by information everywhere. Everywhere we find our place, we're having to learn things. If you're old like me and struggle with the technology, you're always trying to learn how to do your electronic devices. You're always, they're always updating and upgrading everything, and everything is continually being confused. Someone who's programming changes the way things look and you don't even know how to turn something on or off anymore. You have to be retaught how do I turn my device on and how do I turn this stinking thing off? <laughs> so many things demanding our attention, but Jesus wants us to sit at his feet. Jesus wants to teach us. Jesus wants us to learn what only he can teach us because we are passing quickly through life and we're heading for an eternal destiny. And so it is important that we learn from Jesus. It's important that we learn the spiritual things. And if we put Jesus first and learn from him, everything else is going to find its place. <clears throat> You're going to find time to do everything that you need to do. But like that scripture we used in Luke 10, 39-42, that story about Mary and Martha. And I felt like it was prophetic. I was looking back at my notes from last year. It was I used it in... In October, and then it came like a heavy thing again. We used it for a few weeks in December. One thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that thing. And we know the story that Martha has been sitting at Jesus' feet, but all of a sudden she got up because she was a server. And if you're a server, you get distracted with serving because it's your gift. I was given the gift of serving, and since I was a little kid, we served, we served, and it's my first go-to thing. I can do that. In fact, when I'm frustrated or whatever, and I can't figure something out, I'll go into my serving mode. I'll serve and serve and serve, because it's, it's something that's in me. It's something God's gifted me. But those of you who know how to serve, you know how it can be a distraction from you of sitting at Jesus' feet, that if you can fix something or try to fix something, you'll try to do it on your own because it's in your makeup, it's in who you are. But there's something the Holy Spirit is us to learn as to how to sit with Jesus, how to be with Jesus, because there's something only the Holy Spirit can teach us. There's something only Jesus can do in our life, and it's needful. And we've got to put ourselves in that place where we're learning from the Lord. We have to keep getting into the Word and receiving From the word of god let the word become life as you read it let the holy spirit uh, cause you to ruminate on it and meditate on it and think about it so that the word can come from your head and into your heart and it can come alive so you can look at things not just in the context of what is saying but in the spirit of what the holy spirit is wanting to say to you from the word of god because it's living and active jesus's textbook for us as we're learning is the bible It's his go-to manual for us to get the most out of life and help us to understand who he is. We know that there was something going on with Jesus because people were spending days with their families sitting around listening to Jesus. It must have been like electric, like they had been starving. The world had been starving until Jesus began to open his mouth and teach the people. There was something so powerful that came through the teachings of Jesus that people were mesmerized, people were anesthetized, people were inundated with the peace of God because they were sitting under the ministry of the living word of God. They were receiving creative life into them because they were hearing the words of Jesus. You young people, if you could just keep learning to hear from Jesus... Keep receiving from Jesus, David and Becca. Keep receiving, Kelly. Keep receiving, keep receiving your granddaughters, Ted. Keep receiving. Those of you with children, keep teaching them about Jesus. Let them hear about it. It's the greatest gift you'll give your kids because it'll give them eternal life. You could be nurturing the next men and women of God. That are going to be maybe in the latter day church that'll bring and initiate the Antichrist coming in. Rachel, wherever you're at, if you're in the nursery, <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew 11, the first part of the verse, Jesus said, All things have been committed to me of my Father. We've heard of know it alls, right? Jesus is the know it all. So why not learn from him? We go on Google, we go here, we go there. Are we really getting the right stuff? Are we really getting accurate information? And I tell you, your physical conditions, your finances, what the people around you, your thoughts, everything is going to come against the word of God, the knowledge of the Lord, and you spending time with Jesus. You even coming to church, how many had a to fight team to come to church because you didn't feel like it or you had other things come up? But You came. I hope God is just filling you overflowing today with things that only he could give you. Adam Clark said this about that first part of the verse. The man Christ Jesus receives from the Father and the consequences of his union with the eternal Godhead becomes the Lord and sovereign dispenser of all things. All the springs of divine favor are in the hands of Christ as priest of God and atoning sacrifice for men. All good proceeds from Jesus as Savior, mediator, head, our pattern, the pastor, as the sovereign judge of the world. The next part of Matthew eleven twenty seven, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. Adam Clark explains that None can fully comprehend the nature and attributes of God, but Christ. And none can fully comprehend the nature and incarnation of Christ, but the Father. The full comprehension and acknowledgement of the Godhead and in the mystery of the Trinity belong to God alone. We know that Jesus came in human form to totally identify with us. And because he's all a man His understanding is what we need because he draws from God and then he's able to explain it to us. And so through Jesus Christ, we have total restoration of the Godhead. And in fact, the Godhead bodily lives inside of us. Father, God, Jesus, the Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. But it is our walking with Jesus that gives us revelation of who God is that can help us comprehend a God who's incomprehensible, to our human understanding in matthew 27 the last part eleven twenty-seven, no one knows the father except the son and those whom the son chooses to reveal him i believe because you're here today it is because you've been drawn by the holy spirit to know jesus you've received and accepted him and god has come and he wants to father you and he wants to reveal himself through jesus And so as you go closer to Jesus and learn from him, you're going to know the Father, and he's going to unfold his relationship to you and your understanding of God the Father as you learn from Jesus. We labor for rest. Sometimes we go through a long time and a long season for breakthroughs. I feel like me, the way I am, and the way I've grown, and the way I've put myself and submitted and stayed under and... Just let my soul just be frustrated in a length of time where being in a, a, under, under the Lord and yet not seeing a lot of things. I believe where I am today has been a process of letting God work on me for revelations. What we go through today and what we've gone through in the past will bring revelation tomorrow, of what God wants us to know. You need to know that everything that God is doing in your life is going to bring revelation tomorrow. It's going to bring revelation in your future, that everything that he's doing is going to be part of your experience and we can't bypass or You know, like we are in things, we try to learn shortcuts. We try to figure things out. And they work a lot in the natural. There's different processes that are rock solid. I'm telling you, you have to do the law of aerodynamics to fly. And if you try to bypass anything, you're going to crash. Unless you're God's bumblebee. That's the only thing the aerodynamics, the engineers say, that's impossible for a bumblebee to fly. But because God created the bumblebee, it doesn't matter about aerodynamics. A bumblebee is going to fly. But if we put ourselves under the Lord and put our own understanding to the side and keep our eyes on Jesus, we are going to flourish. We are going to continue to be who God wants us to be, and we are going to come out of the clouds and fog, and we're going to be like those who dreamed. And we're going to thank God for the hardest things we've gone through because we're seeing what God's doing because we went through that hard thing and we've held on to our faith in him. So this is about labor. In Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus goes on and says this. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come is inviting those to follow him. Come and learn from me. Come and learn. Come and put me first. Let me be the first teacher in your life. And you know, sometimes when we begin to learn from Jesus, we unlearn a lot of things. A lot of our theology is going to go out the window. A lot of our religious planning and what we thought God has all figured out is going to go to the wayside because we allow the Holy Spirit to reteach us and we can throw out old teachings and old ways of perceiving things and old doctrines because God wants to give us a fresh revelation in truth. Ever done that? You learn something and then you learn something else and you think like, oh, I can to throw that away because that doesn't work and that's not right because I have fresh revelation. I have a fresh understanding of what God's speaking to me and that's what this coming to Jesus is going to do. Things that uh, maybe you take on that are religious and they're just bear- waiting you down and they're keeping you disconnected from a relationship with God. You want them to go away. Or you're going along, you're doing good, and all of a sudden you're pulled back to some kind of sin and then you're feeling so bad you don't even want to go to church anymore. You won- don't want to be around Christians. Well, come and be around us. We're all in the same place. We all blow it. We all have to ask forgiveness. And get up and start walking again. The Bible says, Paul says that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But how often have we slipped off our chair? I was thinking this week, me and Dory, right after fast, got into our hardest thing about something. And it took us a whole day to work through things, and I had to apologize because I was getting a revelation of of myself, of my old nature, something that God's trying to change, that I could go back and apologize and say, I think God just showed me something of why I was angry what what happens if we confess our sins he is faithful to just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness dory will you forgive me it was a, it was a, it was a matter it was a matter of just doing that i didn't have to do any uh, you know um what do we do um behavioral modifications sometimes we go through behavior modification just simply going to the person and say will you forgive me i sinned against you we feel so bad of ourselves because we're a Christian. Why do we act like that? We have an old nature, and until we die, we're stuck with the old nature because it's connected and part of our, our flesh. But someday we're going to be separated from us. But we can live as overcomers by simply using what Jesus told us to use. Ask for forgiveness. Go to the person. Resolve your issues. Ask forgiveness from God and get up and keep your seat in the heavenly places where Christ has seated you and me. labor you know again that labor that that word was he was talking to jewish people who they were waiting for the messiah but they were stuck in something that was all intellectual and all law ridden and he was hey i'm here now i'm going to bring you a fresh living relationship with god no longer by oh my i didn't do this right oh i walked too many steps today he was trying to break off the religion that they had labored under to give them rest They were who were carrying the guilt of sin. It kind of just covered that, you know, thank God that we have covered by the blood of Jesus so we can quickly get forgiveness and go right on moving with Jesus. Jesus gives rest to all of us who follow him. We're followers. Again, when you let your mind analyze your spiritual life, you're in trouble. I mean, I finished my message on Sunday and my my flesh will rise up and disqualify everything I've said. And I've learned how have to say, you know what, by faith I put the message together, by faith I heard and received, and by faith I gave it, and I can't even analyze it now because it's just flesh if I'm analyzing what I felt like God wanted me to say. Yes. Jesus gives rest to all, those of all of them. Rest for those who come to receive Jesus. Again, we have to be in, the, in that, that position to posture ourselves to receiving again we're in a area of everything is demanded of us you guys who commute you're demanded to be awake and and fight traffic to get to work work then fight traffic to get home there is we are everything in our life is really sets us up to not receive have enough experience of being hurt or wounded you're 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 guarded about receiving being open means you're vulnerable. And the only person you can really learn to be vulnerable with is Jesus first, and then the friends and people he puts around you to pray for you or support you. In Matthew 11, 29, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest to your souls. Again, describing that yoke of Jewish legalism that the scribes and Pharisees had added onto the Mosaic law. Jesus was saying, change your yoke. Throw off what religion put on you. Put what I want to give you. Have you ever been around a know-it-all and you don't want to ever hear any, you want to receive anything they say? Oh, well, they think they know everything. I don't want to hear anything from them. But Jesus, it says he is gentle and lowly, and you'll find rest You'll Ever find the other person too so it starts talking to you and they're so open, they're so gentle, they're so humble, they're so loving, you'd give them every dollar you have on your wallet. <laughs> That's who Jesus is. I love you. I died for you. I want to give you so much more. Come, I want to give you rest. I want to take the burdens off you. I want to take the stresses off you. I want to show you a new way to live. This is what Jesus did when he broke into our world to bring rest and restore people take my yoke. What is Jesus' yoke? Love and grace and peace and forgiveness and a relationship with God that's unconditional and a revelation that Jesus is the same towards us as the day he went to the cross for our sins and that he's always forgiving and loving and there for us. Learn from me. Again, that place of Jesus is not arrogant and you can trust him. You can live with him.